I'm a, I think last I looked, my lifetime royalties right now, not counting audiobooks, which have been doing pretty well, it's about to hit 300,000 on Amazon. Whoa. So, I mean, obviously it went a lot faster, <laughs> which changed the plan that went from like, this is a fun little side thing to, oh, wait, I need to rethink. This is a business. I need help. Are you a mom with a story to tell, but not sure where to start? Publishing a book is kind of overwhelming. Now throw kids and babies into the mix and you got a lot going on, but that doesn't mean you can't build yourself a thriving author life. My name is Jackie and I'm a mom and an indie author and I'm here to show you how, step by step, to get your books written, published, and sold, even if the only time you actually have to write is during your toddler's afternoon nap. It's time to write like a mother with these mums write. Hey guys, it's Jackie. Do you feel a little overwhelmed by the idea of running ads? Let's face it, there's a lot to keep on top of when it comes to writing, and this is one area that can easily feel too technical or complicated. Today's guest, Sedona Ash, is here to break down Facebook ads and show you exactly how transformative they can be in the life of your author business. Sedona is a homeschooling, stay-at-home mom of three kids and a six-figure author in the fantasy romance genre who only very recently started writing after deciding to try it out as a hobby a few years ago. Facebook ads played a huge role in how Sedona built her author business and in this show she breaks down exactly how she uses them and how you can too. Please welcome Sedona Ash. Hello, Sedona. Thanks so much for coming on the podcast today. Thank you for having me. I'm excited. <laughs> uh, what are you most excited about right now? Um, honestly, I finished book number 10 at 1.30 yesterday morning. Whoa. So um, I'm just kind of riding the high right now of being finished, but I can already feel that panic. You know, when you finish and then you're like... And what if it's terrible and I suck and everybody hates it? You know, so I'm my roller coaster is about to go down, but right now I'm on the euphoria of having slept. <laughs> That's a good feeling. And yes. it also must feel good to finish that many books. So you write romance fantasy. So how many books have you? You just said you finished book number 10. How many have you written altogether? So 10 like novels. Mine are about 50,000 words. So I've written 10 of those and then two short stories for anthologies. And, and then I've got probably three or four work in progresses in various points on my laptop where it's like, this idea needs to be written. And you're obsessed with it for like two weeks. And then you're like, and it's the middle of the book and I no longer want to write. <laughs> I, I love that you're sharing all of these things that I think all of us experience wherever we're at, because 10 books is pretty awesome. Um, but you know, that feeling of, is this good? And I'm kind of bored of this. Like, I think those are like sentiments that any of our listeners, even if they're just working on their very first book could relate to It's It's so cool to see how, how the, like that emotional experience um, for, for those authors that are a little farther down the path is the same. I was um, rather disappointed to be honest, because that first book was so, it was so emotional and so hard and terrifying. And I assumed this was like a one-time thing. Like it was like, because it was the first, mm. 
And then I had to write the second one. And certain things were easier because, you know, then it's like, okay, not the publishing process. I self-publish. So it's like, it's not as scary. You know what these options are when you're uploading or, you know, what kind of paper you want to use. I nearly cried because it felt like there were so many choices. When my formatter goes, what color paper? And I'm like, I have to choose that too. So <laughs> um, <laughs> I thought it would get easier, but actually I find that with each book, it's almost scarier because now originally it was almost like I was afraid of disappointing myself. Like I really wanted this to work. I wanted to, I wanted this to do well. I wanted to know that I had done well, but then as I started getting readers who were excited and anxious for that next book, then there was a whole new pressure because it's like, I don't want to let them down. So yes, now I really hope that that imposter syndrome and that that would go away, but it almost feels like it's the same, if not sometimes worse as we go. Um, wow. I have yet to find the secret to avoiding that um, other than not reading reviews. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I don't know if there's a secret. So you have done such an incredible job at building your readership and, you know, earning income. So can you tell us, take us back to that first book and how your journey started from, from there to now where you're at today. I started my first book actually in 2013 and I started it on Wattpad just because I am an avid reader and I thought, well, this would be fun. I had an idea of something I hadn't seen and I wanted to write it, you know, as a mom with like a lot of other things going on, it was like a chapter a week was not that big of a deal, but then life hit and my husband was teasing me. He's very supportive, but he'd be like, what are you doing? You're just like wasting time, you know, just, and I was like, it's okay. It's okay. So I left what, like, I just closed the, like, didn't close the account. I just logged out and I didn't go back on Wattpad until 2020. And I logged in on chance. I don't even remember why. And it said I had 185,000 reads on my half finished book. Whoa. And so I turned my phone, we were in the car. I turned my phone to my husband and said, in your face, I don't suck. <laughs> so my husband says, you need to finish that. Yeah. And I was like, yeah, yeah, that was a different point in my life. And I was like, yeah, yeah, you know, and he goes, no, I'm serious. So I kind of started thinking about it. And in that time, I've been sort of having some health issues, autoimmune disease, mm. like a mystery illness and then testing for, you know, limes and lupus and this and this. And at one point, my doctor said, your body is running on fumes. You need to go to bed and just stop. You're a very active person. Just rest. That lasted about two weeks, three weeks. And I was bored out of my mind mm. because I am a very active person and I have ADHD and that is very hard. Um, you can only watch so much TV. So I started researching, listened to every podcast mm. I could listen to on writing and successful writers and what did and did not work. Just uh, went through the Facebook groups and just read post after post to people that are like, this is my one-year journey. This is my two-year journey and started picking up on things that they did. And I liked, I've always liked um, paranormal just because it's an escape, you know, from whatever, you're not bound by the rules of what we know. And I thought, you know, I would like to do this. And I accidentally picked up a reverse hair on paranormal romance. I, it got suggested based on something else I'd read and I enjoyed it. And I thought, you know, maybe I'll do this. And I think in six months from when I was like, I think I want to write a book. I read almost 200 books in the genre. Wow. And I don't even remember. I went back because I didn't actually believe it. I went back and went to my Kindle to see. I cannot even tell you most of the names of the books, the authors or anything, because the point wasn't to try to like, I wasn't taking notes. I wasn't doing any of that. 
I was feeling for the rhythm, the, mm. you know, the ups and downs. Do you, how do you start? Do you start with a disaster? Do you start with this? You know, there's just that feel of yeah. what most of the genre, the good, the top books in the genre were doing. And then I was like, okay, so then I kind of had a feel for the level of snarkiness, the level of romance, you know. And um, finally, it got to the point that my husband looked at me and he's like, you've said for six months you're going to write. How much did you write? And I said, well, I did the research, but I hadn't written a word. So finally, I was like, you know what? It's not going to write itself. And I sat down. I, I pulled those early chapters off of Wattpad and then completely rewrote them. The, the storyline was kind of the same. But, of course, I was a different person than I was almost 10 years ago mm -hmm. um, and rewrote that and published it, made plenty of mistakes. You know, I trusted an editor friend to to kind of edit it. And I trusted another editor that seemed to be very good. And I found out after publishing and getting reviews that their editing was not what a novel needed, basically. And I had to pay to have it redone. And um, so, you know, there's there was a, it was a learning process, but all in all, it did pretty well. I think the first month it was out, it made 600 and something dollars. And then the next month, it made like $1,500. And it, and it kind of sat right around in there. Mm. And that was in February of 2021. And then in May, I published the second book in the series. And it kind of bumped it up a little bit more because, of course, you know, you don't have a backlist as a new author. And um, because I had, do have ADHD, in June, I decided to publish a new series because so I could bounce between books right. and it was, my, it was a crazy idea. Um, I'm very clumsy and I was, I don't even know what I was doing. I was sitting there and I was thinking about a Phoenix um, and, and you know, the rules, I love to play with the rules in writing. You know, we know we like, you don't kill the dog. You never kill the dog. Um, you know, like in romance, you have to have a happy ending right? <laughs> or your fans will form a mob and hunt you down. Um, so we, we know the rules we can't break. And I thought, well, wouldn't it be really funny if you killed the main character? And then I thought, well, you can't really do that because how would you have a book? And then I was like, well, what a phoenix, though, dies. And I thought it would be hilarious to have a phoenix who was constantly accidentally killing herself oh. just because she was clumsy, like just dumb stuff, like putt-putt golf and getting, you know, this dramatic thing and, and drowning in the kiddie pool, you know, just like really weird off the wall romantic comedy kind of thing. And I published that in June. And that's also when I decided to kind of stop being scared and really attempt ads, like really push the Facebook ads. Because up until that point, I had been doing maybe $50 a month, like, you know, just like a little bit, like little tiny ad, because I felt like there was no reason to really run ads until I had something to send people to, mm -hmm. you know, like one book, if you spend all the money on advertising, whereas they have nowhere else to go. Yeah. Um, but then I had read another author that said, but when you're trying to build an audience, even if you didn't make anything on that first book, you've got people waiting for your next book. So you, you look at it as you're building your audience, you know, and you right. just pick and choose what matters most. And were they and Facebook so I thought, ads sorry, that you started with when yes. you said? Yes, okay. I tried Amazon and I am terrible at it. I get really good, according to like the little number thing, apparently I get really great clicks, but I was never able to turn it into much. Mm -hmm. I have someone doing it for me now and they do better at it. But Facebook, at least for me with the paranormal romance, Facebook is amazing. Mm -hmm. So you have to tinker it with it a lot. I did a, like an hour and a half every single day for a while, just playing with the ads. But I started advertising that book 
about a week before it came out. And it was the only one I'd ever done that. I hadn't been advertising a book that had it. So I started doing like coming to a jungle near you because the book starts with her crashing into a jungle. So that was like, okay. So I was kind of like trying to play with this. And that book took off. Um, my Everything just kind of jumped. And I think that was a $12,000 month. Whoa. Um, yeah. But the, it wasn't, the Phoenix, of course, made the most money. But what I saw was that my dragon series that had the two books out, it jumped as well mm. and made more than it had made. You know, it was like, it was like a new book instead mm. of having had been out in February, you know, to June. And the month after that, um, th- it was a $30,000 month. And then I released the second Phoenix book in October and the dragon series it was a trilogy finished it in September. So I had like back to back releases, which will kill you as an author. Like, I mean, I don't think I slept much <laughs> those months, but, um, the, it went out with 4,000 pre-orders, Whoa. uh, the second clutch, the second Phoenix did. So it was like, I mean, it hit $10,000 a day, international bestseller. And then it's just kind of, um, gone from there. So for now, I mean, obviously when you have a lull between publishing, um, I, cause I had to take some time off just, you know, life, um, your numbers kind of sink, but mo- most of my months now are 15, between 15 and $30,000 with, with the nine books. <laughs> so it's crazy, but I can see, you know, you're like your little trend, you start going down because your readers have read it and they're waiting for the next thing. Yeah. So I'm going to have to get back on it and put some more books out. <laughs> wow. And I think what is so inspiring about that is that, you know, I've heard this from book coaches. Um, Becca mm-hmm. Syme, I think, talks about this, that for writers that come to her and say, like, why isn't my book selling? And one of her first uh, responses is, maybe, you know, it's not that your book isn't selling, it's just not selling yet. Yes. You, maybe you just haven't written enough books. And I think your example just shows how clear that the, you know, the publication of, of each successive books can then increase the sales of the, the earlier books. Absolutely. And one other thing I've noticed, and, and I try to tell people this because it is really hard. And especially sometimes, you know, if, if, you can't see what other authors are doing. It's hard to know where you stand. Am I doing okay? Am I not? Um, that kind of thing. So I published, of course, Dragon Goddess. And then I had my, it's called, But Did You Die? Um, it was my Phoenix series. And then I launched um, a siren, like a mermaid series. Oh, yeah. And I I was writing what I wanted to write. I didn't care if mermaids were in or out. I learned later that mermaids are not a hot trope right now. Uh. Um so it is my lowest selling series. And I mean, it does fine. I think that it, it depends on the day, but when it first came out, it was making like $50 a day. And now it makes, which, which is great. I'm not, I'm not tr- saying it's not great. It was, it's yeah. awesome. But compared to a book that's making $300 a day, <laughs> yeah. it's like, okay. And there was a little part of me that was like, what if my Phoenix is a one hit, you know, like what if that was mm. my best I'll do? And now I've written poorly. Um, but everybody that read it has great reviews. People really enjoyed it. And I'm like, okay. So then I found out later that it's just not the end trope right now. And so I'm just looking at it as I will be ready when, cause I've already started seeing there's an, there's like two mermaid movies coming out over the next year. I've been seeing a lot of anthologies and other mermaids and I'm like, yes, we're going to make it a thing again. But I relaunched after I finished dragon, this 
February, I launched a standalone series. So each book is about an individual girl, but they're all in the same world. That book on its own is selling as well as my Phoenix series without the backing of an additional book. So that's my fourth series. So my third series is my least selling right now, although it has great reviews, but my fourth series also did really well. So it's, you know, as an author, Mm. one, don't expect that for a little while, it was like, maybe I doubted myself. Yeah. Don't, don't do that. You know, just like you said, not, not that thing might not be the thing right now, but that doesn't mean it won't be a thing later. So just keep moving Mm -hmm. and just kind of see where it goes. And so I try to remind myself of that. And for me personally, I know not everybody can write different series, but having those two different series, I pulled people in with two different ideas. So somebody might've not been interested in the dragon goddess originally because I was a new author, but then they read Klutz. And now I have a lot of people that'll leave me reviews and say, I loved Klutz. That was the book I, the, but did you die? Um, I love that series. And then I found your dragon and that's my most favorite. Uh So I like having Mm. those two because you have that chance of hitting a different audience and pulling them into your catalog versus focusing on one. And then, you know, however long it takes you to finish that series, you're only going to get the fans that were interested in that series. Yeah. So just kind of keep working at it. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So like jumping around can be very beneficial, diversify, but I would say you're still doing it within your lane, which is fantasy. Um, It's considered fantasy or paranormal romance. Um, Mine are a little more, I write what I want to write. So Mm -hmm. um, a lot of people are like, oh, you got to write to market or you got to write this. I split it down the middle. So I start with an idea like the Phoenix. I really wanted to write this Phoenix that was clumsy and died. But then I looked at some of the tropes. So like at the time, bully was really big and I'm not a huge on bully romance, you know, where they kind of like, like what is it? Enemies to lovers is another kind of play on that. So at the initial part, you know, the guys didn't want a female in their life. They were workaholics doing their own thing. So they kind of were not kind in trying to just be like ditching her in the jungle more or less. Um, But people liked that trope at the time. It was a very hot thing. So what I try to do is get my idea, think of how I want to do it, and then pull in a few of those tropes that people really love. Um, I had another book where it didn't, the story was about the female and it didn't matter what the men in the story were, but people love werewolves. I enjoy werewolves. So it was like, well, then let's just make the men werewolves. Right. And then you hit that um, category. You get to use that category, werewolf romance under paranormal romance and that's a really hot um I guess it's a subgenre so you know I try to weave it in so I'm still letting myself write what I want because otherwise I'm not gonna write you're gonna drag your feet and it's just gonna be really hard yeah but don't go so far out in left field that you don't pull in some things that you're seeing readers in the group say hey has anyone have a recommendation for this you're seeing the same thing being requested multiple times. You might make a note and try to work that into one of your books. And I think you bring up a good point is how do writers find out what those trending tropes are? Is it by participating in like Facebook groups where um, within their, their genre? 
what I've been, what I've done and what I've seen is um, I went to the Amazon in like for me, paranormal romance. And then you can kind of look and see like, what are the top hundred books? Mm. You know, is there, is what are, are there any common threads throughout those books? Um, that's also really good. Just a little side note for covers, because that's a big thing is the covers are huge. <laughs> um, so kind of take that into while you're looking there. Not again, this is not taking notes on idea or specific ideas. You are not copying anybody. It's just a general thread. You know, are, are you seeing a lot of coming to power where the girl didn't know she had a power and now she's going to, you know, okay, that's obviously really popular right now. Um, that can help. If you're in reader groups, again, don't be, don't, don't spam yourself. A lot of them will let you comment and say, this is a self-wreck. You might like my book. Um, and that's fine, but you also don't want to come across as constantly being annoying and spamming here, read my book, read my book. Yeah. Um, but if you are in those books, even if you don't comment, readers all day long are posting. I love this book. What is similar? Yeah. I'm in the mood for this. Or um, last year, dark romance was huge. I mean, it was like hardcore dark, you know, and that's not me, but I was seeing all these, like that was people were just devouring. Now I've been seeing a lot of posts that are like, I love dark, but I need something light and happy. And the market's kind of turned this way. And I know some authors readjusting their release schedule because they're mm. seeing the numbers change. Mm. Sometimes you, I got invited just recently into an author group specifically for authors in my genre that talk about the tropes. So we might not give specific numbers, but we might say, hey, we just released this book and the tropes that were hot didn't hit quite as hard. So I'm adjusting this way. And that way the authors can kind of give each other a heads up on what may or may be, what may be going down and what may be coming up. Wow. I mean, you sure seem to know your way around <laughs> the industry <laughs> and you haven't been obsessive research. <laughs> like, do you like, or when you look back at where you were in 2020 to what you, where you are now, like, what do you think of your transformation? It's still unbelievable. Um, for me, I actually struggle with it. If I'm going to be completely honest, because when I set goal, goals and stuff, you know, it was like, okay, let's, I tried to set realistic goals. I would love to have this many books out by, you know, this year, I would love to hit a four figure month. Um, I, I was hoping to hit a, my first five figure month, December of this year was, I was like, ah, I really want to hit 10,000 by December of this year. And it's like, and I hit, I'm a, I think last I looked my lifetime royalties right now, not counting audiobooks, which have been doing pretty well. Um, it's about to hit 300,000 on Amazon. Whoa. So, I mean, obviously it went a lot faster, <laughs> which changed the plan that went from like, this is a fun little side thing to, Oh, wait, I need to rethink. This is a business. I need help. Um, because then there was more business things that happened. It's like, you have to do a lot more counting and planning and you have people, you know, you have fans that kind of need to be kept updated. So it's not like I'll release when I feel like it. <laughs> it's kind of like, okay, let's, you know, um, so I had to, I had to get help at that point. And that's been different. It's also a little bit odd if I'm being honest, because I still feel like a new author. I still feel like this, a, a baby in the industry. 
And yes, I have done a ton of research and I'm, I'm one of those people that hyper-focus. If I'm interested in something, mm-hmm. I may not sleep, sleep for a week while I study everything I can about it. Um, but, you know, I'll go to comment on a thread sometimes and I'm like, yeah, I feel that, you know, I'm, I'm with you. It is really hard. And then they'll be like, but you're where we are trying to be. Why are you even in here? And I'm like, I still feel like a baby, <laughs> you know, it's, or I'll have an author that, you know, I admire reach out to me and like, Hey, you want to do a newsletter swap? And I'm like, <gasps> you know, this is like a big, like a celebrity messaging you or something. And they're like, Oh, we love your book. I'm like, it's my book. <laughs> um, <laughs> yes. So it's, it's a little bit of a mind trip if I'm honest. Yeah. And we're like, we didn't talk about like what you were doing before this. Like, did you have a background in any of this stuff? I'm very creative. No, I actually, um, not in reading. I was a piano instructor for many years. I taught private uh, piano lessons and I was trained as a concert pianist, which is kind of going back to listening for the rhythm of the story because Mm. everything has its own rhythm. Um, and then became a stay at home mom. Mm. But again, I have a hard time sitting still. So (laughs) I started, I, I now raise reptiles exotic reptiles and I travel to shows and do interviews and um you know that's that's a lot of fun (laughs) kind of totally a different direction um so yeah I love that I love genetics I love learning about genetics and how they work but so that's technically my job but um is this supposed to be well I, I struggle when I go to the doctor and they're like, what's your occupation? And I'm like, which one? Um, <laughs> but so, so now, yes, now I usually write author and smile really big. Um, and I spend more time, time on this. I do at this point because it's just, it, it makes sense. And, um, and I enjoy it. I love writing. I don't love the business always. I know it. I had to learn it because if you want to be successful in anything, you need to get a feel for how it's going to work and have a business plan. But um, I don't, I don't love the numbers. So my husband took over accounting for me, which was fabulous. And I hired the team to do the ads. I was doing great with the ads, but it was taking an hour and a half almost every day as I was like trying to continue learning and keep up with Facebook changes and all these other things. And that was an hour and a half. I wasn't writing. And, and at this point, when I do want to spend time with my family and my reptiles and I love photography. So I have other things I want to do. I don't want to spend an hour and a half doing numbers if I don't Mm. have to. (laughs) And it sounds like the ads have been really crucial to your platform, like getting to Mm -hmm. those sales. What about, you know, social media? That's a big time. You know, I think time is so important because again, like the listeners of this show are moms like you. Yes. So we can only have, we only have so much time. Like how has social media played a role in your success? I do think it's, it's been pretty big. I, I have already done social media for years. Again, I had to do the photography and worked with, with animals. So I've built followings before, but mm-hmm. it takes a lot of time. And I knew that. And when I started writing, you know, it was like, great. I'd love to make money. I would love to be here. You know, you see those stories in the, um, uh, 20 books to 50 K and it's like, Oh, I'd love to be that one, you know, but I was not necessarily like that will be it. It was like, okay, I want to write. I want to enjoy writing, 
but I have a limited amount of time. I also homeschool. I have three kids and I homeschool my three kids. And that takes a lot of time on top of everything else. So my time at this point is limited and very valuable as far as I'm concerned. Mm -hmm. So I knew that as soon as I made enough money to pay someone, I would hire a PA, um, a personal assistant or an author's assistant. And I want to throw this out there because when I started looking, I assumed that I needed to be able to cover someone's salary. And I was like, there's no way, you know, that's terrifying to think that you're going to be responsible for someone else's salary, like right off the bat. What if your book fails next month? What if the next book sucks? Um, But there are a lot that will do like a la carte. So you can say, I just need you to help me with my newsletter, or I just want you to help me make a post on social media four times a week. Mm -hmm. And some of these things are less than $50, They'll can do your whole newsletter every week for $30 a month. So there are people that are affordable. Um, my first one I hired, she was $150 a month and pretty much did anything I need her to do, wow. whether it's answering basic messages, not the ones directed like personal that I need to respond to, but, but simple ones like could, Hey, is the second book out yet? Oh yes, it is. Here's the link. You know, those kind of things they can kind of help you with. Um, she would also keep social media active because a lot of people, like me, I will post on social media and I'll be real good. I'm like, I got this. I'm going to do this. And then for like five days, I am on it. And then I forget for the next five weeks to post anything. And that is not, the algorithms don't like that. You need at least somewhat consistent. So she took over and she posts games like this and that, which one would you pick? Um, Who's your favorite character? Who's, you know, Mm. would you rather read on a beach or read in the snow? You know, like silly stuff, but people love that. And they get to know each other and interact. So again, she was $150 and pretty much did anything that I needed her to do. So it can be, it's not as scary as, like I said, when I thought I was doing it, I was like, I'm going to have to come up with $1,000 a month to hire someone. Don't be afraid to start reaching out and looking for people. And there are groups on Facebook called Authors Seeking PA or PA Seeking Authors. And you can even go in there and almost like a little personal ad. And you're like, hey, this is what I write. This is what I need. Um, sometimes they'll include a budget or not a budget. And then people will message you and you can mm-hmm. kind of start talking to people. So that was big to me because I knew that if I want, I had to choose. Either I wasn't going to have a big social media. I could write and however it went, it went. Or I had to have help because I was not willing to give up any more of my family time mm. to this. Yeah. Um, and so I hired help right off the bat. And again, oh, okay. there's still I still do a lot. But I, I do recommend that. Don't don't try to do everything on your own. As moms, yeah, we are like, we juggle everything. We can do it all, but we don't necessarily have to do it all. And we're not ever going to be the best at it all. So was I decent at my ads? Yeah. When I look at some of the numbers, I was getting pretty close to the professional numbers. But I am not going to sit there and do the research on when these trends change and rules change and you know, that was time that I don't need to spend because I would be better served spending that time either with my family or improving my craft, mm. actually writing. <laughs> um, so, but there's a guilt there's a, as a mom, I think we have that guilt of that was, you know, originally as $150, you know what you could do with $150, you know, you know, you, that's kids karate lessons. That's this, that's that. But in the long run, um, I think that 
we as moms need to be okay. It's okay for us to shut our bedroom door and let daddy watch the kids and let us write for an hour. And we don't have to feel guilty about it. Um, and we can ask for help. That is, that is okay. So for me, that was a big thing was mm-hmm. getting help really early on and saying, I want a Facebook group and a social media presence and I'm, I can't do it. I don't have the time to do it mm-hmm. um, by myself. So that helped. I will say professional covers. You are better off saving your money and waiting a little longer than just getting like, like, I, I mean, my, my covers are somewhere usually between 200 and 350 is I have a couple that are outside of that range, but most of them are right now, which is a lot, but you've got to remember that is what people see first. They see that little thumbnail and they do judge a book by its cover. Let's be real. I mean, people, people do. They say, oh, which one looks the best to read? If you have two books and you kind of sound both good, you're going to pick the one with the prettier cover in most cases. Um, And you don't, what if you write the world's best novel and then you put a cover that doesn't fit the genre, nobody may find you. You could Mm. be sitting on a gold mine. So that's another big one. Um, I get get asked a lot. People send me stuff. I'm like, oh, what do you think? Why, where am I going wrong? And a lot of times I hate to say it. The first thing I notice is I personally wouldn't read that book book or it wouldn't be my first pick because it's not what I'm expecting Mm. based on what you see on Amazon. So Mm -hmm. I I do think that's a really big thing. Yes. And do your research around covers and know what's in your genre. And yeah. And I also just want to touch back on some really great points that you provided there for those writers, you know, such as myself starting out, you know, basically there's three areas, right? Writing, social media and ads and Mm -hmm. you're, what I'm hearing is you're probably not going to be able to do them all well um, <laughs> if you're a mom and you're also going to be hard. <laughs> yeah. Doing all the things, taking care of the kids and maybe have a day job. So consider again, outsourcing one of those. I think what you're saying is that it's actually a lot easier than you think. There's Facebook groups start there and um, it really does allow you to grow in a more like sustainable way to build that platform, that business. Yes, I, that's definitely what I found. And they have connect, like your, your assistant. Um, this was something I didn't even realize. They are friends with a lot of other assistants. So one of the ways my group grew is something called a takeover. And I don't know if you've heard of a takeover before, but essentially it's where Maybe you've got 10 um, authors that do romance and one of them is releasing a new book. So like, I'll be actually having one soon um, because this new book is coming out and the PAs will reach out to the PA network and say, I have an author and she's going to celebrate a release. Would your author like to come to the group? And they get to do like six posts, like, hi, this is my name. I'm here to celebrate. I'm so happy. Congrats. And then Throughout it, they'll do like a, one post will be an ebook giveaway for one of their books, which your readers love. They're getting free stuff all day long, a chance at winning a free ebook from another author. And then they'll put a game, like a game post, like, you know, let's see, which would you choose of these six houses? And we'll pick a random winner. So they'll do like six posts. And then at the end, they'll do like a stalk me. Like, you know, if you follow, sign up for my newsletter or follow my Amazon page, you're entered to win another ebook or a paperback or something like that. So on the surface, it's like, well, why would you let someone else advertise in your group? But one, you've had 10 authors come into your group and they gave free stuff away to your readers. 
and your readers are getting pumped up because there's all this activity in your group and they're part of a party and this is exciting. Now, that's wonderful. It's great. Everybody's happy. When one of those 10 authors goes to have their next release party, I get the invite. Now, I get to go in and say, hi, I'm Sedona. I'm celebrating. I have a new book coming out um, soon, blah, blah, blah. And then I get to do a giveaway. So, And then my giveaway might be, hey, if you join my group, post a screenshot where you click join and you're entered for this. So I'm pulling followers that may have just not heard of me yet because we're all in that same genre, but they might have not found my book yet. So we're sharing readership and your, your reading group is growing. But I didn't even know that was a thing when I started. Oh. And on my own, even having been in a year, I, I don't know that I would know how to find one. But PAs are constantly talking and arranging reading competitions and reading parties. And that's their thing. That's what they're good at. Um, and again, we don't have to be good at everything. So why not let them pull those networks, pull those things? You know, that's how you get a lot of newsletter swaps. So they're doing your newsletter. Could you do your newsletter? Absolutely. But are you going to know which authors might be looking to trade out? And that means you get to be in their newsletter. And you get to go to their readers while they go to yours. So there's a lot of avenues that those people can, you know, open up for you as well. Mm. That as authors, we may not be aware of, or mm. we may just not be, you know, we, we just don't have the time. You know, we might not have the time to hang out in a group because we're supposed to be writing. <laughs> it's, it's, it's hard to pick because there's a lot of things we could be doing. And let's be real. It, it, well, I'll be real. Um, my brain will do almost anything but right. When I've got a deadline, my brain's like, we need to clean the kitchen. You know, <laughs> I'm like, nope. But I, my house gets so clean right before a deadline because my brain just goes into this like panic mode and we do anything but right. So yes, social media is an easy distraction and having someone kind of help with that is, is, is really great. So, yeah. And I love what you're saying. Like there's that there, when you're hiring a PA, they're actually now becoming a champion for you. And like, they're able to leverage other networks that you wouldn't mm -hmm. be able to. Yes. You know, pe people don't talk about how much they pay a PA. So it, it's scary because you don't know, you know, if you search PAs, you'll find some websites and some of them are astronomically high and I'm sure they do incredible things, but that's not always, you know, something that's doable right off the bat. I ended up hiring a second PA. So I have two now because I really wanted to hit social media hard. And I like that they both had a different like network so they can do different ways. Going to the ads, they are a lot more approachable than people think they are as well because I was absolutely terrified by them. And I made saved all the ad courses to my list of things I needed to also spend my time on. And when it was all said and done, um, I mostly did it myself and I started very simply by picking a text, you know, whether it was the whole blurb or a piece of my blurb or a favorite line. And I made two ads with the exact same um, audience, the same settings, everything was the same, but I put two different pictures. Mm. One was my cover. One was just a girl holding magic. And then I let them run for a couple of days and I compared which one did better. And I was like, okay, so that picture did better. So I turned the other ad off and I'd keep the one with the better picture. Mm. Then I'd make a second ad still mm. with the same audience, mm. but I would change the mm. words. So instead of the full blur, maybe this was the funny line from the book. 
And then I would compare how those two did. And so it was a lot of like A-B testing. Mm. And just so I found that my readers respond really well to animals. Um, so I have wolves, werewolves in one of my book. And I found that a photo of a wolf with the moon, nine times out of 10, no matter what the words were, did better than any other image I used. And you would think it'd be your cover or magic or something, yeah. but no matter how professional or pretty the graphic, a photo of a wolf always outperformed. So, you know, you, you got to play with it, be a little creative. Um, uh, so it's, it's, I have a, a jaguar in the jungle for my, my, where she crashes in the jungle Huts. and the, that I gets the most interaction. It gets tons of comments. That ad is, it's crazy. And the cover is incredible. People love the cover, but that cat <laughs> is the thing. Wow. So, so it's not even and, the and, image from your book. It's no the image of something related, but it's not from your actual book. Correct. It's just a beautiful photo of a, of a big cat in the jungle and people with a funny line from my book and people love it. So, and don't start big. I've seen this a lot. So of course, now that I'm doing multiple ads and stuff, you know, my, my ad budget can be very high. I mean, I've had months, big months where I had one month, I almost hit 50,000 in royalties. I think it was what it was that month, but I spent probably 8,000 in ads because it was a huge launch and I was pushing and everything. And one, that sounds very scary, but if you think about it, we don't have a storefront. We don't have any way to lure readers to us. They have to either just by the luck of it, find us, or we have to get them to us. And I see this growth. So now my ads are able to come down because I have readers waiting for these new books and they know me and my group is constantly talking. But you know, you gotta remember that even if you spend 10,000 to make 40,000, that's still 30,000 you didn't have and a whole lot of readers, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, um, as long as you're making sure the ads are performing, you know, you don't want to just like, I put one picture up there that did not do well and it would spend a dollar every, like almost like a dollar for every time it got touched, but my royalties weren't going up. Mm. So people were interested, but they weren't reading it. So I had to tinker. Um, but a lot of people are like, well, there's no way I could never do that. I could, I, there's no way I can afford that, but that's not how you start. When I started, I started with like a $2 a day ad. Yeah. And what I would do is I would put like that $2 and the next day I'd make sure that I made at least $5. Right. And then if I did, I would raise it by 20% because if you do more than 20%, Facebook's algorithm will kind of ding you. So it's like, it like has to rethink your ad. So you don't want that because if your ad's doing well, you want it to just kind of keep where it's at you don't want Facebook to be like looking at it a little bit closer and you know you might they might not you might not be at the same height in it it could almost perform like a new ad again so you have a good ad don't mess with it okay more than 20 percent like about 20 percent a day is what I have been told by the people who are very good at ads um so it would be a little bit so then like once it was like okay now I'm up to a five dollar a day ad which was terrifying but then it was like oh but I make I'm making fifteen dollars a day consistently on that book and I was like, okay, so you would mm. creep it up. And so then I got up to the point where I have ads that are, you know, a hundred dollar a day ad, but that book was making at the time was making $400 a day on that book. And it's the first in a series, which means then they're going on to read the other ones. So 
don't look at it as, you know, I, I don't have that. I don't have a budget for ads as far as I can't put out a thousand dollars. I can't put out this. You're not starting there. None of us do. Mm-hmm. We start small because you also see which ads do better. And then if one does better, you turn that one, you know, you give that one more budget and you creep it up. And if one's not, you just turn it off. Um, so again, it's, you see ads and it's intimidating because you're like, you think you need to find this big budget to start with. And you don't, mm-hmm. you need to just a little, little bit, little bit, little bit. Mm-hmm. Wow. I love that you're just sharing so, so many of those like really specific and easy to apply details, right? Because again, it's just showing us everyone listening to this, that it's, it's totally doable. And this is exactly how you did it. And it's, you know, you figured it out on your own and you're, you're sharing it in this wonderful, like generous way. And I love that. And it's so inspiring about what really is possible. Thank you. Yeah. I, I mean, I think what is it the, the rising tide raises all ships. You know, if, if, if we can figure something out and help each other, I think that's awesome. Um, and I know how frustrating it is. It's frustrating and it's scary and there's so much information and it's distracting People still like, what's your best piece of advice? Sit your butt down and write. Glue it to the seat if you have to, because I'm sorry, nothing's going to, you're never going to reach your dreams, whether it's to be published, whether it's to make a gazillion dollars, like you're never going to reach it if you don't write the book. Um, All this is extra fluff and it is necessary, Mm -hmm. but it is very, it is very distracting. And it it takes a lot of mental energy to sit there and just be like, fine, I'm going to sit down and I will figure this out. (laughs) Um, but, it, but on the flip side, it's also more approachable, I think, than we sometimes think it is when we first start, because it's just when there's that many things pulling at us, that many choices we have to make, it, it can be scary. Totally. I mean, I pulled the readers in my Facebook group to ask how many has signed up for courses or books that they hadn't touched. And there was a lot of us. <laughs> right? I have a couple. Yeah. <laughs> And, uh, but I think that's the beauty of talking to moms and writers. And that's, you know, what I think the show is about talking to you is like, so, so refreshing. It's like this clarity, like, okay, Sedona is telling you like three things that you can start today. Don't worry about that course on, you know, self-publishing that you haven't touched yet. Like, let's start with this one, two, three steps and, and start moving the needle forward. And then you can, you can read those later, but like focus on, breaking it down into those discrete steps. So you can still have that time for writing. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. And you're, you're going to make mistakes. I mean, I, I've made mine. Like I said, I published the first one. And so now the series as well, it's ended. I have people begging me to finish it, but that first book has a lot of reviews from that first edition of that book that say, this was a wonderful book. I just wish the author would have had it professionally edited. Well, it's now been professionally edited six times, yeah. <laughs> but I can't ever get rid of those reviews. Yeah. So because I made a mistake that will always stick with my first book, unless I choose to pull it and re like republish it and lose like 600 reviews yeah. and it's still like four and a half stars or something like that. So it's not, mm-hmm. that is a waste of my time at this point. I need to just keep moving forward. Um, but I mean, well, one of my big ones, we'll go ahead and, and throw this one out there. I forgot in one of my, I, I, a huge plot hole, man. And I have a professional reader. I have an arc team. I, 
and nobody caught it. So I finished my, my, one of my highest selling books ever. I finished it at two 30 in the morning and because I had to wait, my kids were very needy that week. So I was taking care of them homeschooling. And then at night I put them to bed at like eight and I was writing from eight until two 30 and three in the morning, then sleeping until seven and then getting back up and doing it again. And so I was, I was running on empty. So I get to the end of this book and the end of the book, she is captured and her, her, um, the men with her are all captured. Right. And the last scene is she's just like, like is finally fed up and releases her power and breaks out and she saves the guys. And, you know, this is how this book, they ride off and they're headed to Mexico because she needs a vacation. Like, cause it's a kind of like powerful, but funny, quirky thing. And I was like, yes, we did it. I'm done. Boom. We're done. Right. So then it goes out and my readers start saying, but where's Trevor? And I'm like, well, obviously in Mexico, like, right. I mean, I said that all the guys went to Mexico and they kept asking what's can please, please tell us that Trevor's okay. And I'm like, why wouldn't Trevor be okay? I go back and read the book. Apparently he gets darted because they all got drugged. And then there's never a mention of him again. So they have no idea if he's dead, if she burned him alive in the prison, if they forgot him and went to Mexico without him. Like, like I just ditched the main character in the book and forgot about him. And like, that's, isn't that like author 101 is like, make sure you know where your people are. I mean, he's, he was the main love interest in his book and I just left him drugged <laughs> or dead. So, so for like four months, readers were like in TikTok and Instagram and I'm like, it'll all be explained. So I'm like, you better come up with something good girl. <laughs> um, <laughs> so in the end, cause I have a wacky sense of humor. I played it off as like, basically he fell behind the couch and in the mad chaos, he got forgotten and he was completely drugged and he was trying to go get help. And he, the drug took over and he passed out. And they found him as they were leaving from Mexico. <laughs> but then, because I, I, I made a mistake, right? I knew I'd made a mistake. I decided to play it up. So yeah. throughout the rest of the book, she would, you know, fall asleep and then wake up, you know, and be like, where's Trevor? <laughs> and she'd be like, I thought I forgot him. Like, you know, I just have nightmares about that time where he almost got left in Mexico. Like, so I did it. And purposely like tongue in cheek. Yeah. And I wondered if my readers would get it. And sure enough, um, I started getting comments and they're like, please tell me this was the inside joke that we think that it is. And Aww. so my PA comment, my PA, PA comment is like, hashtag where's Trevor. Aww. And the readers loved it. And they're like, she admitted in the book that she messed up, <laughs> but then she twisted it to where it was this funny thing. And we all get to laugh at it. So yeah. I think as authors, just like, I was panicked. I was like, man, do I need to pull it? Do I need to like read? Like, I like, what do you do when you do something like that? But just, you know, I mean, we're going to learn and we're going to make mistakes. And if we can find a way to just be creative and deal with them, you know, it's not the end of the world. Yeah. Oh my God. I love it. Where's Trevor? <clears throat> and if there was one piece of advice you would give to yourself, the 220 version of you, what would it be? Sit down and write. <laughs> sit down and write because it's all the rest is fun and it's interesting and we want to do it and we're like maybe that'll be the piece or this will be the piece but there are a lot of authors 
who do nothing but write. They are not involved in a lot of other things. They just write and they may not get discovered at first, but then they hit that 13th book and everything takes off. And they're like, yeah, well, I probably should have a newsletter. I probably should, (laughs) you know, so really our writing is what's going to, is what we want to do. And it's what's going to get us to our dreams the fastest. Um, These other things can just give us a little extra push. Mm. That is such a, a, I love that. It's so clear and so reassuring. And I think just like that, a bit of perspective um, that we need sometimes. And I think, yeah, I feel like that can just reassure. I feel feel like myself reassured by that. And so I know the listeners will feel that same way too. So thank you so much. Oh, you're welcome. And where can people catch up with you? Um, So Sedona Ash on Facebook, and there's a link if you want to join my reader group and hang out or just kind of want to lurk and maybe get some ideas for your own group. That's cool, too. And um, my books are if you actually do SedonaAsh.com, it pulls up the Amazon page. If you're just kind of curious about what my covers look like or, you know, what what a blurb looks like. And um, my email is SedonaAsh at gmail.com. So if anybody does have questions or, you know, wants a specific, if I've said something where you need a specific link to something, feel free to reach out to me. Oh, thank you. That's so sweet. You're so generous. Well, thank you. Yeah. We got, Hey, we moms got to stick together. (laughs) Yeah. Moms stick together. (laughs) This episode was just jam packed with takeaways and I'm going to recount them all here. But as I did last week, when there is so many amazing tips, I'm also going to include a link to a PDF. And if you want to get that, uh, you can sign up for my newsletter. I will leave a link in the show notes. Okay. So here are the top takeaways. Number one, If your book isn't selling, don't take it personally. Your tropes may just not be trending right now. Keep moving, they will eventually. Number two, publishing between two different series can help you generate cross traffic and reach new readers. Number three, if the idea of writing to market feels a little stifling to you, try this approach. Start with your idea, whatever that is, and then reach out to see what popular tropes there are in that genre that you could pull into the idea that you already have. Number four, to learn what is trending uh, in terms of tropes in specific genres, go to Amazon and look at the top 100 books. Number five, another great way to find out what readers are asking for is to join reader groups and just read through comments. Number six, building a writing career is a lot of work. Not only is there the writing, the social media, and the ads, get help so that you don't have to do all three of them. Number seven, getting help doesn't have to cost an arm and a leg. You can hire a PA a la carte for less than $50 a month. Number eight, pay for covers. Sedona invests around $200 to $350 for each of her covers. Number nine, and on the topic of PAs, Note that they can help you by expanding your reach through their PA networks. Number 10, play with your Facebook ads. Try swapping out the photos. You may not necessarily want to use the cover of your book. You could just use an image that is related to the theme of your book. Number 11, don't start big with your Facebook budgets. You can start for as little as $2 a day. 
Number 12, make sure you're watching the conversion so that you don't waste money on clicks that aren't translating into sales. Number 13, don't increase your ad budget more than 20% a day or you may impact their performance. And number 14, at the end of the day, the most important thing is to just sit down and keep writing. Thanks so much for listening to the podcast. I will put links to everything that Sedona mentioned in the show notes. I would love it so much if you could like or rate this podcast on Apple or Spotify. It really helps bring in more guests like Sedona. I'll talk to you next week. In the meantime, happy writing.